Hello everyone, this is Aaron Passantine, and I am very pleased and honored to have Christine Wurtzen with us here today. How are you, Christine? I'm good, Aaron. Thanks for um, giving me the chance to um, just talk about things that I love to talk about. You're very welcome. Uh, if you don't mind uh, beginning off a little bit and speaking about the beginning of your music career and how that got started. Yeah, I was... Um, actually, I don't remember ever not engaging with music. I was three years old when I started playing the piano. Hmm. Um, and has just always played something. And I was 12 when um, I was given an audition to play for an evangelistic ministry called Word of Life. Hmm. And that was for uh, an evangelist named Jack Wordson. And I was uh, asked to come and just fill in for an accompanist for the evening who was sick. And when I did that, uh, they were looking for somebody for the night who could, who had a natural ear, who could play in any key, that kind of thing. And um, I was able to do that. Um, not because I'm so wonderful or talented, just simply because God just chooses to give, spread out his gifts over his church, and just like anybody listening um, to this interview has gifts that I couldn't begin to do, uh, God just decided when I was born to give me that musical gift. So when I did that successfully that evening, um, the evangelist said, oh my goodness, we have found a 12-year-old who can play anything in any key, and we just need to continue to do things with her. Maybe she can go on the road with us. Mm. So I began uh, in high school traveling every weekend, uh, all through high school and college, um, getting on a plane on Friday or a bus, and traveling and getting my first taste of ministry. And I saw, you know, that carried me through my teen years, and, and I saw, you know, thousands and thousands of kids my age getting saved. And mm. um, that really planted a seed. Um, I ended up dating the evangelist's son and married him, which is why my last name is Wurtson. Yeah. Uh, so huh. God, you know, absolutely had a, a plan and all that. Uh, but singing career, um, I was married, I was arranging for other music groups, and someone uh, from this evangelistic uh, organization asked me to arrange um, a bicentennial musical for 1976 that was going on the road. So I arranged the orchestra part and hmm. the choral and the uh, soloist part, and then there was a part that was to be played by, um, it, it, it involved singing one song and then had some acting, but it was a small part, and they asked right. me if I would like to do it, and I said, well, I've never sung before, wow. and they said, well, you can obviously do that because you've been teaching all these people their parts, so that was really the beginning. I sang that one solo, um, I don't know, maybe six weeks every night, wow. and someone from Zondervan from was in the audience and heard it, and that's what opened up um, singing. But I, I'll tell you, I was absolutely scared to death. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a shy, really introverted person, mm -hmm. and I got sick for um, five or six years of doing concerts when wow. it first started. So it's wow. been a learning curve. Yes, wow. Uh, I know that uh, there have been uh, many songs that I know that have blessed the hearts of so many people as uh, they uh, replay uh, the records and, of course, now the CDs that you have been able to produce. And I know um, one of them um, that I know I've appreciated uh, was The Lord uh, Makes Me Happy. And if you don't mind uh, explaining a little bit about that and uh, perhaps uh, how that what that means to you. Uh, actually, nobody's ever picked that song, so I'm intrigued that you did. Oh, good. Um, okay. <laughs> let's see. Uh, the uh, uh, composer of that, the author of that is Bill Butterworth. Mm -hmm. And um, he was, at the time uh, that I recorded that, a youth pastor. And he is a very joyful personality. And one of his themes of his ministry was, why is the church full of, 
fallen, depressed people. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get it. And, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't anybody who's been rescued from eternal condemnation uh, with a great love that Jesus had for his children by going to Calvary, shouldn't that permanently make us joyful? Yeah. And um, so that was the reason for that song. And it was fun singing, and I, I liked it. That's great. That's really interesting. I, I know that there are uh, many different stories and different things that you share, and of course, in the um, conferences and the different things that you do. And um, one of them is um, kind of known as a puzzle story, and I was uh, appreciative if you could share a little bit of that. Yeah, that that uh, actually has changed my life. It, it yes. was a dream. Yes. And uh, I still, every single day, um, think about the lesson from that dream, mm-hmm. and it shapes the decisions that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, I share at every conference, and basically uh, the dream is that was that in a time that I was very burned out, I had been betrayed badly in ministry, mm-hmm. and I was in ashes, and mm-hmm. I was asking the Lord about, you know, if I was going to start again, what was, what was the matter with... Um, how I had been conducting my ministry. You know, did I have an outlook that was not was not a biblical one? And so uh, I had this dream, and in the dream I was standing on a platform giving a concert, and uh, I was in the middle of this bright spotlight, and it was hot, um, very punishing, and the spotlight was actually so bright that I couldn't see how many people were in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, trying to function, and the the thing about the dream was that I was not an adult. I was a child, and I was not singing and speaking. I was putting together a difficult jigsaw puzzle that consisted of tiny little black pieces with no picture. Um, just absolutely the kind of puzzle no adult would want to do, much less a child. Right. But I was giving it my best, and about the time that I would get a couple pieces together and think, you know, you can do this, people from the audience would keep handing me more handfuls of black pieces. And I was just ready to just walk off and give up. And about that time, I noticed on the platform to my right, uh, the curtain just moved, and I I happened to glance over, and a man stepped out from behind the curtain, and I realized it was Jesus, and he said, Christine, may I join you? And I said, yes, so he came to the edge of the spotlight, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I am trying to put together this jigsaw puzzle, and it's just too hard for me, and I don't know how I'm ever going to finish it. And he said, well, would you like to see the puzzle I have for you? And I said, you mean it's not this one? And he said, oh, no. And he reached out and picked up the first handful of black pieces and said, well, no wonder these are giving you trouble. These pieces don't belong to you. They belong to your daughter's puzzle. And he handed them back to my daughter, who was then 18. Um, And then he picked up the next handful and he said, well, these are going to do you in because these belong to um, another member of your family, an extended family member, and this, these are the consequences of her choices, but you don't want her to feel the pain of it, so you keep doing her puzzle for her, but the thing is, Christine, she needs the pain to come to me, so you need to get the pieces back, so I did that, um, and then he picked up the last handful, and he said, uh, these are the trials in your life that in my sovereignty I have allowed, but, but they are too heavy for you to carry by yourself, would you give them to me, and I said yes, and now I had no more black puzzle, and I was thrilled. And he said, now here's the puzzle I have for you. And he took out from behind his back three large yellow pieces, each one about a foot high and a foot wide. And I was, it was so easy. I was insulted, and I said, but that's so simple. And he said, yes, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I said, but I'm going to be finished with that puzzle in no time, and then what are we going to do? And he said, then, Christine, we're going to get to be together and go play. And I said, 
gray tiger kitten. And uh, I'll tell you, Aaron, that that yeah. is my, one of my weaknesses. I love gray tigers. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he said, I saw this litter of gray tiger kittens. Are you interested? Well, you know, as a seven-year-old child of the dream, I whipped those three puzzle pieces together, exited the platform, um, holding his hand, and the last yeah. thing he said before I woke up was, you will know you are doing someone else's puzzle when we don't have the time to be together and play. And mm. every single day, uh, I am discerning, is what I'm about to do for this person or this family member, is this black piece or a yellow piece, meaning that uh, if, if the time is right for me to dry someone else's tears or to do, um, to re do something that looks like rescuing, um, either it's God's appointed time for me to do it for that person, and, and in that case it would be a yellow piece, and mm -hmm. otherwise it would be a, a black puzzle piece, and I would be keeping them from coming to the end of themselves and finding Jesus. So, mm -hmm. you know, even though it was a child's dream and a child's simple application, um, the ramifications of that for adult making decision is just huge. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, there, there's so many good, you know, applications that people can learn for that, you know. And, yeah. And in a way, you know, I, I almost like to see it as, you know, that, that was a God-ordained dream that the Lord had for you that, that you're able to share and I'll minister to many, many people who, who hear it, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's important, and I'm glad you're able to, uh, you know, touch different people's lives with that story. Thank you. I, so. I uh, absolutely do believe that it was uh, God's dream for me mm -hmm. to, to, to first apply it, see the wisdom in it, and then give it out. So, nice. uh, so I appreciate you saying that. Sure. You're, you're welcome. Now, I know uh, Daughters of Promise is a ministry you have, and, of course, um, it's, it's been uh, very fruitful for you and uh, a blessing, I know, to, to many people. And if you don't mind uh, sharing a little bit about uh, the history uh, beyond the um, involving the beginning of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, in 1997, um, I had been in ministry 22 years. I had a ministry called Gift of Encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, I had done 15 albums, uh, written a book. And um, the ministry was fruitful, basically because God honors His Word. Mm -hmm. um, but inside, um, I was I was giving out like can uh, what's the word? I was giving out like cliched pieces of advice to an audience, mm -hmm. uh, things that I had read about, things that I had studied, but not things maybe that I had experienced firsthand. Um, I was a deep person, but my faith had not gone deep. So down underneath um, all this shallow, cliched stuff that I was saying before songs, um, I was a shell of a person. And God had ordained my story to include the story of betrayal. Um, I, I was betrayed by um, uh, some people who worked with me in ministry. It was financial and otherwise. Um, it, it, and it absolutely brought the ministry to ashes. And it was so bad, Erin, that I just told God, I said, I, you know, I quit. I, this, everybody's got a straw that breaks the camel's back, and this is mine. Right. And I don't think that I can recover from this emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that you're big enough, God, to to um, take me out of the ashes of this and ever do anything productive in my life again. And I had three years to just literally crash. And God gave me time to get in the Word. And I realized that the Bible for me was just law and not life. And that if I were going to have any kind of ministry, that the ministry had to start deep in me, that, that that is what had been wrong with, with the 22 years of ministry that I've been involved in. Um, 
so I had three years to just dig my roots into Christ and become a tree in Psalm 1, where I could um, just dig deep into the resources of Christ, dig into my roots, into living water, and be the tree that when winds come, even, even the adversity of betrayal, I would stand tall. And uh, those three years absolutely changed my life, and in that, God first this ministry called Daughters of Promise, and the message now to women, and I love this ministry, I'm like a totally new person, yes. completely passionate, uh, I love to teach, and I take women deep, because I just sense how badly they want deep spiritual food, right. and my message is, um, what I had to learn, God can do anything at any age, it's never too late to, to give him absolutely broken pieces that look hopeless, and in fact, the more broken you are, the more powerful your deliverance is going to be. And uh, women are just absolutely coming alive to this, and it's um, so Great. fun to see it. That's so good. Now, I know, um, of course, I know there's uh, probably many Bible verses that have meant a lot to you over the years. And what's um, one verse that stands out to you that uh, has given you some encouragement? Um, it is David's words. Um, I think it's Psalm 38. Uh, I just memorized the verse, and I haven't even looked at it again to know where it's come, oh. come from. But it says this, okay. Children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house, and they bask in the rivers of your delight. Um, and the reason that that is so beautiful to me um, is that for most of my life, until 1997, I would read a verse of scripture like that, and it appeared to me to be just exquisite poetry to, to pick me up on a bad day, never realizing that the shelter of God's wings and basking in the rivers of his delight is an experiential reality that I am meant to engage in every single day, that there mm -hmm. actually is a place that I can go to in the shelter of God's wings where the hug, the embrace of him is so profound that that, 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 that consumes me in a way that people's scorn here or people's insults here, um, they pale compared to my experience every day under the shelter of his wings. Mm -hmm. And I have been cultivating the kind of, relationship with Jesus where that becomes more and more real to me. Um, and I find that most of the people I speak to um, perhaps come from religion or a legalistic fundamental Christianity where uh, it's all about studying the Bible like a textbook mm -hmm. and not experiencing scripture mm -hmm. as a living, breathing, living word that changes us and being in a relationship with Jesus where you can sit on a back porch and enjoy a sunset he made and sit there in silence and have a profound sense of communication with him. Right. So um, I, I start most every event with that passage and just whet their appetite that if you don't have this kind of relationship, hopefully you will know how to begin one by the time the day ends. Right. And of course, um, the Lord has blessed you with um, a lot of other uh, good talent as well, such as the flute and of course the piano. And I know that you've been able to minister to people with that as well. And I know that um, people enjoy hearing that too from you. I, I do, uh, and actually the, the piano um, is where I started, and um, I remember playing for a, a friend of mine at nine years old. She mm -hmm. climbed under the piano and closed her eyes and said, play for me, and yeah. she was a very broken kid, um, and I watched her face literally transform over probably a half an hour, so uh, I like to think at a conference that women, when I play the piano and lead worship, they're, they're still laying under the piano like that, like my friend did. That's neat. And it gives you, a, I'm sure, a source of comfort knowing that Jesus is by your side encouraging you and, and helping you along as you do this. And it's so good, to, I'm sure, for you to, to realize that, too. And I, I know you know that, too. So 
Uh, no, but that's a that's a beautiful way to to come to an end of an interview, Aaron. Because yes. that's the only way ministry happens is if Jesus is leading me by the hand every day. Yes. Um, you know, I I think of Solomon uh, when he he was asked what he wanted uh, more than anything. He could have he could have asked for anything, but he said, "I want wisdom because I'm I'm a little child and I don't know which way to go." So here's a king who's saying, "I'm I'm like a little child," and every day I start my day, Lord, um, this is your ministry. I am a little child, and I don't know, I don't have any idea which way to take this today. Mm -hmm. You need to lead me by the hand, and um, he does that for all of us. Right. Well, thank you so much, and I I appreciate your time, and and hopefully at some point soon I'll have you back and uh, share some more uh, history and things that the Lord is doing in your life and with Daughters to Promise and with your work. Well, I've enjoyed it. You you gave great questions. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Aaron. Mm -hmm.